You're listening to Thinker's What Works podcast. I'm your host, Jason Todd, with my co-host, Alex Gary. And today, in honor, Paul Sledden, a restaurateur in the area, welcome to the What Works podcast. Thanks for having me. So, Paul, the restaurant business, I've heard it's a really tough business to be in. How did you get started in this? Uh, I, like a lot of people, dishwasher. You know, started as a, a dishwasher in Rockton, where I grew up, at the Rockton Inn. Um, just across the street from my house and needed a job and, uh, went there and started washing dishes and just kind of restaurant business for life after that. It's You've come fast. a long way from the restaurant, uh, from washing dishes in the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you put in enough hours and, um, <laughs> so I went from, I worked there for a long time and, uh, the, the kitchen looked really cool. Um, looked interesting. So tried getting work in the kitchen as one of the line cooks. Uh, but they weren't having it, and they just didn't have space for me. So, um, so I just kept searching for places to get jobs, and uh, actually worked at uh, Mary's Market uh, when it used to be up in Roscoe. Oh yeah, and uh, got a job there as a busboy. Um, and on the off days that I wasn't busting tables, or, or the days that I was busting table, I got to uh, got a job scooping uh, cookie dough. How many times did the scoop make it into your mouth? And not oh, dude, none, but I tell you, the blisters from scooping. Really? And there was, I forgot which cookie dough. There was one cookie dough in particular. It was a total bastard. I mean, it was like hard as rocks. And I was like, dude, you can't use this. This isn't working. And it would just kill you. I think it was a peanut, but it was really easy. It was really soft. I love that one. So you went you went from uh, from washing dishes, bussing tables, scooping cookie dough, and and now, how many restaurants are you involved in? Uh, I own uh, or have ownership in three, um, and then we do the uh, food service at the Standard. So, uh, so three the, restaurants. The first one was Brio. Oh, Brio. Yeah. Okay. And it, that was what year? Uh, Thirteen years ago, wow. two thousand six, I believe that is. And what was downtown? Thirteen years ago, there was just uh, what the, the restaurant. A I mean, bit Octane. The, yeah, uh, Carlisle just opened. Uh, you know, a year and a half before that, I believe, because they just celebrated. Carlisle 15. was before you. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, uh, they weren't doing food. You know, it was just mm-hmm. a brewery back then. Uh, Paragon. Yeah. I remember right after we opened, uh, going down and watching Larry get uh, elected. Mm-hmm. We had a big party down in front of Paragon Kryptonite. So it was pretty much you kind of had that three-headed monster, you know, on the other side of the river. And then on this side, you basically had what was Deli Italia, you know, which is mm-hmm. uh, vintage now. And you had, uh, so it's, uh, ah, the fish, wasn't the fish restaurant right at the end of the stretch. So there, there wasn't much down this. No, so, was, so why did you choose then to come into the, the, the particular space that you did in a struggling downtown rock? So I had started to, you know, fast forward a little bit and I'd worked at Cafe Patu with Philippe Forcioli for like five years and was a head chef for the three of those that years. That was really kind of your big, big move in yeah, the, the industry. Yeah, it was big French. Yeah. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it was, you know, and back in the day. And the reason I ended up working there is because I was getting into cooking and I couldn't get a job cooking anywhere. And so I just started looking at the places that seemed to be doing the coolest food. And Fleet by far was doing the most advanced, you know, I mean, you could go there and get ostrich and you could get, you know, pate and things all made in house. And it was like, nobody else was doing stuff like that. And yeah. And so after leaving there, I was like, do I go to Chicago or do I, where do I go? And, um, and there really wasn't anywhere. So I just started catering out of my house. It was dinner parties by Paul. Uh, so I did that for three years. Um, and then I just kind of, I started booking like these really big parties, you know, 300 person <laughs> law firm parties. Uh, 
And I was like doing it on my Honda Civic and <laughs> renting the women's club for space and hiring friends for the weekends. And it was crazy. It was just, yeah. so finally I was like, all right, well, I should search for a location. And um, it was right when uh, Bacchus was stopping their food service, like their main dining room food service. And okay. they were just going to bar only and snacks. And I had actually approached Chandler and said, you know, hey, I heard you build out restaurants. I was looking at spaces. And so I had a meeting with him about just building out a space. I was actually looking at the space that uh, that uh, Art Deli's in. Okay. So that was, you know, 14 well, years big, ago. Big space, yeah, yeah, centrally located in downtown Rockford. Yep, and it had, uh, it had an elevator on the alley. It was like a lot of things were really cool about it. I don't know why I went. I, I just, downtown was cool. Yeah. It's always been cool. And even though it was, you know, even though it was. Even though it was dead, it was cool. Yeah. It's I mean, got it was, a different vibe than the, than kind of the outskirts of the area. Yeah, I mean, I remember going to Cafe Esperanto, and, like, you just felt cool. <laughs> We've had them here, right? We had yeah. that yeah, yeah. yeah. back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like, if you went to Esperanto, like, you were just on a different level. Like, you right. like you, you felt like you knew something and nobody else knew about, which back then was cool. And now, you know, we would never be where we are today if nobody you, else knew about us. Well, you still have, you still kind of have that sort of vibe going on. You're kind of the cool... A cool downtown space. Tell my wife that, please. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> just kidding. Those who know us best. Yeah, but <laughs> but you do. You've got this. You've got this cool downtown space. And I I don't remember who I was talking to recently, and and they said, where should I go get drinks? Well, you got to You know, you got to go. You got to go to to social. Yeah. And they're like, social. I've never heard of this. And I, no, it's got an interesting vibe. And tr- I described it to them. But it is, it has a different character and a different feel. Sure. And so does Brio and, and you know, Taco Betty's and, and Standard. So you, you t- walk us through this this process. How do you create uh, one of these concepts? Because first it came to, first was Brio, yeah. right? And then yeah, social. First, the first, yeah, Roustrap. Right. Brio. And both of those, if you go on TripAdvisor, are ranked in the top five or top ten. I don't know. It bounces around a bit, but yeah. you've those both those restaurants. I stopped, have always I stopped been... watching them; they were emotionally charging. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't listen yeah. to your but, critics. You know, social, so many, so many social, social and have a little bit of a different, you know, atmosphere. But you uh, have a, you have a unique style. You kind of know what when you're involved in the restaurant. But you have you take a particular bent and a style to to the restaurant. You know when you're walking into yeah. this restaurant. So what, what walk us through that process? What goes through your brain? It's I mean it's really. It's, extremely simple it's just what we want what i want to do like if there's a void if there's something that isn't there then i want to make it Mm -hmm. so i can go to it it's totally selfish like (laughs) you know like brio uh when i was i had moved into the space just to rent the kitchen so i could cater out of it before i opened the restaurant okay so i was actually it was really odd in the beginning because there was the bacchus line cook was in half of the kitchen and I was in the other half cranking out parties for 200 out the back door you know and he's serving bar snacks to the front half and that's my cooler that's his cooler it was really bizarre yeah and it was like it was New Year's Eve that year I think this is 2000 technically I think it's 2005 okay um and I asked you know I asked the owners I asked Chandler and Michelle I'm like hey can I can I do a special dinner in your dining room since you're not using it and they're like yeah sure you know cool and so basically I put on a dinner, like a five course tasting type dinner and then all the bar receipts went to them because I didn't have a liquor license and yeah. I took the food receipts and it was a fun event. We had a nice turnout. And then the following week I, I obviously had leftover product. And so I asked them, Hey, could I do a little sample menu of small plates and things that I'm doing? And they were totally cool with it. So we literally had, if you walked in at that that one snapshot in time, there's one week there where you could go in and get a Bacchus menu and a Brio <laughs> menu, which was 
I don't even know if I had a name back. Yeah, I think it was Brio back then. Okay. Um, yeah, it was. And then, so I had like five dishes and they were just small plates. And the mm-hmm. idea was to get reaction from people of what they thought of my food. Like, and I had leftovers. Right. So I wasn't doing entrees. I wasn't, and so I didn't really tend to open a small plate restaurant. But then after that happened. first week and the reception was really awesome. Yeah. And the food was really great. And it was like, they were like little entrees because they weren't, you know, back then an appetizer was fried onion rings or something like that. And these were like composed dishes. And so then that became, we sat down and they said, how would you like to buy the restaurant? I said, sure. And that was on Friday and we opened on Tuesday. Well, let me break in because if people don't know some of the names we're, we're bringing up here. Chandler is Chandler Anderson, who owned quite a bit of, uh, a few buildings downtown pre-recession. And then the recession kind of, you know, like most people in real estate really hammered Chandler and he's he's moved on to other things. I just wanted to throw Chandler's yeah. full name in there. So your, your small plate restaurant, you... It, so it seems that it was just kind of fortuitous timing that that is also when maybe globally or uh, nationally, at least this idea of the small plates, you know, and mix and match that whole uh, growth started. I think so. I think we, I, we got lucky. I think, yeah. I mean, like I said, we didn't plan it yeah. and it just, it... we started doing that just as a fun way for us to focus on food. And we really wanted people to be able to eat more. You know, and that's the thing with the traditional, you know, salad entree kind of yeah. uh, format is you, you commit to an entree, you're not eating anything else because you can't. So right. our idea was like, all right, let's do three small entrees so that you can, because that's how I like to eat. Yeah. And no, there wasn't a place like that for me. You know, it was like, if you went to a place that had small plates, it was, you know, again, it was onion rings. It was that mm-hmm. kind of, you know, appetizer, nachos. I've never heard a phrase that way. You commit to an entree and I think, and that is what, uh, that is what goes through people's minds. Like, yeah. what do I want to consume the next, you know, hour and a half of my yeah. time with this steak commitment. and potatoes and the you know beans or whatever? Or I could have these tiny little things that not tiny, tiny, but they're not I've that tiny. I've been working thirteen years yeah. to get over that. <laughs> <laughs> they're not tiny, but you you get these smaller plates that uh, you get to enjoy a sampling of multiple things and even share it among friends. Yeah, yeah. which is which is the, then the concept behind social. Yeah. So social, so in between Brio and social, um, I opened Crew. So Crew was a sandwich, oh, remember that? Okay. Sandwich shop and I a wine that. shop. Yeah. Um, so that was in the space where social is. It was, I think it was a mod design. It was a furniture store for like okay. a very blimp. It yeah. used to be a tattoo shop before yep. then. And so we, uh, you know, it was it was, you know, right next door to me. And it was like, you know, I was cocky and young and full of energy, <laughs> no family, no nothing, right. you know. And I was like, oh, I could do anything, you know. So, you know, I talked to the business, the building owners. And I'm like, you know, can I, can I rent that space? And I'm like, sure. And uh, with my bar manager at the time, Damian Hunter, um, you know, I was like, all right, you're going to run the wine, wine program and we're going to open a lunch and sandwich shop. And um, so we ran it, you know, for a few years, uh, I think two and a half, three years. Um, and then ultimately, you know, shut her down and, mm-hmm. and then I kind of had the space and I had this lease. And so, uh, my wife, uh, we just got married, Karen, uh, we were like, we just started talking about things that we loved in other places. And so three of the places that came up to us were uh, violet hour in Chicago. It's a just craft cocktail bar. That's real swanky, really cool drinks, pushing limits on ingredients. At least it was, you know, eight years ago. Right. Um, Publican uh, in Chicago, mm-hmm. Paul Kahn's restaurant, family-style seating. 
um, and uh, 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 what's the uh, all of a sudden I just forgot the name um, uh, Upside Down Schwa in Chicago which is like this restaurant run by a maniac who smokes weed and drinks bourbon in the open kitchen there's 12 <laughs> seats it's got a Michelin star it's a BYOB you're either listening to like loud slayer or metal music or gangster <laughs> rap and you can't even barely talk to each other but the food is freaking on point yeah so we kind of was like all right let's do all three of these yeah and we love the idea of like having our chefs come out you know and and present the food so we didn't so the idea was oh you know, I, we ate there last week me and my daughter and, and got the whole spiel of yeah, where oh, everything yeah. comes from yeah. it's part mm-hmm. of the experience yeah because it's a small place and so we wanted to do all these things that you know, we thought kind of like when we opened Brio, like we haven't seen this, so let's just do it and see if it works, mm-hmm. and we'll see what happens. And and it, you know, so we have four tables, and it's all community style mm-hmm. seating, and sit with people, and that's why we call it social. And and the, the so you only have bartenders and chefs. It's really the only two staffs you well, that's, have. Yeah. That's the interesting thing is that when we were doing some research for one of our clients about they want to get more millennials into their restaurant. Uh, and I started. We started doing some research. It talked about community seating. Yeah. Right. It that's a huge millennial thing. And of course, and in the farm to table, explaining all the yep. ingredients. Yeah. So it's like again, you were experience. doing experience. Yeah. So you you yeah. kind of were the first to, in at least in downtown Rockford, kind of bring yeah. that here. Well, I think that's the thing too. We, you know, I've always been very, just I'm a food dark and restaurant dark. I mean, I just always paid attention to what people are doing you know, around the world. You know, I mean, I heard about, you know, what El Bulli and Ferran Adria was doing in Spain, you know, 20 years ago before, you know, he was a household name. And for some people, he's still not a household name. Mm-hmm. But if you're in the food industry, right. like, you know, that guy's got a halo around his head, you know. So, um, and so we just, I don't know, I failure was always okay. Like, I don't, it's fine. Yeah, let's let's talk about that because okay, so you abandoned crew. Yeah, and then Paul, you opened up PK Diner over at Heartland. Yeah, which, which was loved. Oh, uh, if I'm not loved. wasn't your best customer? You were. You were, you, were, you were there. <laughs> yeah, we were there, and then after a year, you shut it down. Yeah. Why did you abandon that that concept? Uh, I guess it was similar to to both the other three restaurants I'd done up to that point. It was like let's try a new idea and see if it works, and you know. Braille worked, crew didn't, social worked, and then we tried PK and it didn't work. Um, we tried doing a tipless restaurant because I, for the life of me, don't understand the tip system. It's something that we implemented as a culture, you know, 100 years ago, and it was basically brought about because owners were trying to save money on their labor, and it just stuck, and it's a... It's an archaic way of maybe like going to the DMV to get your license and deciding how much you're going to pay that person on how nice they are. Is that working elsewhere? <laughs> it, yeah, was, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, Danny Myers. I, I spent hours on oh. social media trying to explain people that no, the restaurant is not overpriced. Mm-hmm. That's all you pay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it, and it just it was a hard concept for Rockford yeah. to well, figure it, out. It's Tax a hard tip concept. Is yeah, it's a hard concept yeah. for a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it really is because you know the thing about tipping, right? Is there's there's this guilt association. Right, <laughs> guilty if if you don't tip enough. Guilty totally. if you you know if you yeah. if you tip too much or yep. if you you know and There's people feel weird walking out yeah. of there because they're not tipping, so they're not getting that that primal kind of reaction of like right. This is what I'm supposed to do. Like I'm making you feel good for yeah. doing you know. Hey, I wanted to congratulate you for doing such a great job yeah. because that's what we do. We congratulate you with my extra dollars at the end. Yeah, and it's not about you. Right. I mean, it's, you know, it's 
we you come in for you know food and experience and we right. do our job and everybody goes home you know there right. shouldn't be like this and so there's anyway i mean long i can go on about tipping yeah, forever yeah. but we you know we're we do it at all the restaurants because i'm not big enough to tackle it i tried right, right. yeah yeah it's Danny a framework Meyer is struggling to do it in new york it's so. a framework that people are that people choose to continue to exist in yeah. to some degree and so why fight it you know just yeah. go with the river because that's where the river's flowing yeah. and it was it, it just was a challenge you know yeah. and we and that spot too it was a very unique spot you know yeah. we we took a stab literally my wife and i were walking out of church we had gone to heartland that day and we walked by and i was like oh that place looks like it's like open and, yeah. and her and i'd always joked around because she's a breakfast person she wakes up at four o'clock in the morning every day me i don't and we always joked about opening a diner called pk diner because paul karen and so i was like oh that looks kind of turnkey and ready to go and <laughs> and you know i called the rent was like nothing you know right. i was like ah cool let's do it let's just try something new yeah. and we tried it and on our 365th day you know and my staff knew two weeks ahead of time but sure we just went through in the towel and it just didn't work we would have had to totally reconcept um, yeah. and it just wasn't worth it, you know. I mean, I the, the amount of energy that we were all putting in for the reward was yeah. was not there. So. Well, plus if I remember right, I mean, you were your other two restaurants at the time were afternoon restaurants, and so all of Everything, a sudden, yeah. yeah, and all of a sudden now you got the thing open at six a.m. Oh. So it's like a, a eighteen hour a day kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So how did Taco Betty's come about? Because that's that's different than the other two in terms of like how it's set up and yeah, and that one wasn't even me. Um, so so the idea was brought to me uh, uh, by the Brent and John, uh, who are partners in the in the uh, in the business along with a few other people, and uh, you know they came to me you know I probably two years uh almost three years ago now mm-hmm. uh with an idea of doing something you know in that space and doing a taco joint and you know would i be interested in you know running it and so know. i have a question how many times have you been approached and you turned down before you took this opportunity because once you have some success the the, the sure. opportunities come your way right yeah i mean there's always been a lot of ideas um this is really one of the first times where it was a little bit more concrete where it was kind of like we just bought the building like and i think they literally had purchased the building and um we're like we got it i'm like all right cool let's do it um but uh it's been a learning curve for sure uh but really awesome man and especially now right now i mean that rough is just just awesome i mean it's the funnest place to be in town yeah. right now right. You know? no I, I keep suggesting uh thinker night on the roof yeah. I, it, it hasn't passed. It's good thought. I, well, you know, truthfully, it's the first I've heard of it, so you should. Well, we can go. You should push it. Your gatekeeper Jacqueline keeps shooting me down. I don't know. Huh? In case she's listening. So yeah, it's been the first place where I haven't had, um, you know, where it hasn't been a hundred percent my ownership, which has been uh, there's been both positives and negatives yeah. about it, you know. Um, but there's more uh, give or take, you know, give and take necessary when you. Yeah, you just have to be a better communicator, you know, and you yep. have to be, you know, just a better, you know, team, you know, get everybody into, in, yeah, and the partnership's really, you know, great. They don't, they yeah. know what they, you know, it's my job. I'm the president. It's my job to run it and to operate it. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, it's a, and there was no real question at the beginning about it. Um, everybody's got their roles. So, uh, but it, was the concept from you? No. Well, no. the, the final, yeah, but the taco idea was theirs. Um, but then just how we executed it and the menu and mm-hmm. style. And, I remember at PK Diner, you, you were trying um, like Brazilian style food or South American style food. because Belize. You, Belize, that's the right. Your wife is, is from Belize. That's from Belize. My, uh, oh. my wife's family is from Belize. Okay. Um, and so they make, and so I had 
literally, I think it was right before we <laughs> opened it, we been to Belize for the first time. Okay. And they make these fry jacks. And it's just, you know, like every culture's got a fry dough, you know, right. whether it's an Indian, yep. you know, and it's a, you know, dosa, or not dosa, but the naan. Naan bread. You know, yeah. So everybody's got some kind of fried bread. And theirs is cool because they, they serve it as a side dish a lot of times for breakfast. And it looks like a little football, an inflated football. And usually, like, you cut it open, you stuff it with something, and, you know, like your fruit or your eggs, or and it kind of eats like a little taco almost. Um, so, because the original concept with PK was we were going to make the best biscuit in the world and make basically a million biscuit sandwiches. Mm. And then as we started tinkering around with making biscuits at home and stuff, it was like, this is cool, but it just feels so heavy. Right. You know, it just felt like we want to do biscuits, but we also want something that's a little bit more... You know, and so I, I asked my wife to make a batch of the, the fry jack dough. And, and I'm like, I'm like, have you ever like rolled them out like a pita shape and fried them? And mm-hmm. she's like, no, we usually just kind of do these little shapes. You know, I was like, so we did. And it came out and it was like magic. It was yeah. like, so, okay. So that's interesting. You talk about the food being heavy because we're, we're in a podcast, but you can't see us. Paul here used to be a much bigger man. And you run restaurants, and yet you lost how much? How much weight did you lose, and how did you? Do it goes it? back and forth. I'm on. The, I'm on. The, I'm on another downslide, <laughs> or I should say upslide. I guess right, my, yeah, my weight's upside. dropping again. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, okay. I go. I go up and down. Yeah. So, I go. I'm good. I'm bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm. I'm. I'm a broken person. <laughs> but I. I usually enjoy every day. <laughs> Everybody's broken, but yeah, if you yeah. can enjoy, if you can yeah. enjoy the day, you've done I mean, something. You just gotta have fun with it. <laughs> All right. So another thing, he's wearing his Cubs hat. Oh. Yeah. And um, why are you picking on him? No, I'm not picking on him. I feel I, like there's you're interesting things. He's, and, he's, and, thing. he's wearing a, and he's wearing a Rush Creek distilling shirt. Another thing about oh, yeah. it. Yes. Okay, so... I was all, actually wearing we, this when they, the owners came in. And I was like, hey, look, I'm wearing your shirt. <laughs> all of his locations, you will yeah. not find a TV. Oh, thank you. Not Rest, true. Not true. No, we have TVs at Taco Betty's. Taco Betty's has TVs. But oh, I okay. want to thank you. I mean, just yeah. tr- truthfully. I, I, but not I upstairs, know. right? The, this, upstairs, concept, yeah. this concept of TVs oh. at, at a... Uh, a place where you're supposed to be socializing with yeah. your, with whomever you're there with, yeah. uh, I it just boggles my mind. Well, you know, here's a, so we do have actually also at Brio we have a TV as well. Um, but so we brought it in for the World Series. Run. Yes, bar. I was going to bring yeah. that up. Yeah, we brought he, it in for the World he, he Series. The World, yeah, he was like on on Facebook going, "I need well, you have TV. to do it for the World Series." That's <laughs> yeah. the yeah, well, it's yeah. Cause, just because it was. A it was just because of the yeah. World Series. It's the only time we've had the TV on yeah. like yeah. during services for the right. 16 you know run. Um, and I had Jeremy at mainframe make this radical frame around it. So now we, yeah. it's still up there, but we just use it as like a picture, yep. like, you know, yeah. backdrop. So so you put some thought into the, each of your concepts. And the thought is, who, 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 or, uh, who am I and how would I like to eat in this yeah. space? What kind of experience would I enjoy? And you just sort of execute that. Yeah, I mean, like, like at the time, like social, for example. Yeah. Like that was one where at the time the cocktail – in this town was oh, horrendous. Yeah. No, Everything was sweet. It ended in eeny. Yep. It was it was gross. <laughs> right. You know, it was yeah. like syrup on syrup on syrup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. There was like yeah, you looked at every bar rail and it was like seventy flavors of vodka. Like right. And so we were like, if we want raspberry flavor in our vodka, let's put a freaking raspberry in it. You know, right. how hard has this gotta be, people? Yeah. And so so we did it and i remember when we were opening we were doing we did a lock-in the weekend before we opened and we just brought in all the product we brought in all our bartenders and we literally for two days man just 
just made drinks and and drink them and it was a it was a it was a great weekend man how do but, i get out of this yeah yeah so <laughs> that sounds like a blast it was it wasn't bad next, next time you need a weekend butts boy yeah <laughs> man I well, the, the best part is one of the drinks that we one of the drinks that we made it was like we need something else for it and it was an orange flavored drink and by di, by divine intervention yeah a guy walks by the front door selling cotton candy what Never before and never after have I ever seen I've anybody walking seen anybody. down the street on. selling cotton candy. So we literally ran out there. We bought this cotton candy and we put a big fluff of cotton candy on top of this cocktail. We're like, yeah. this is awesome. Yeah, totally. Never saw that guy again. So for like the first like <laughs> three weeks we were open, we had this drink that was supposed to have cotton candy. Which is an interesting it. concept. Shit. I mean, you can't hardly drink through the cotton candy, yeah. but but the sugar dissolves pretty. But quickly. it was the only sweet element, and that was yeah. the thing. Is right. it, as it melted in the drink, yeah. it became a little bit sweeter, and yep. so it was kind of fun. But but that place was like we opened with a ten dollar cocktail list. It was flat rate. Yep. Because we wanted the flexibility and the creative the creative ability to make the drinks that we wanted to regardless of the product costs mm-hmm. and so saying here it is this is 2010 everybody's struggling it, it wasn't about that it was like let's we just wanted flexibility not have to nickel and dime and it, it gave us this weird freedom to worry about the drink and not so much about the cost well there's something about if you want a cheap drink you probably just stay home yeah and make it yourself yeah well there's a lot of places i mean I can name a dozen places where you can go and you get a you know three dollar captain of coke or whatever and those are great yeah. you need them i just got my membership card what is this to the navy marine club in peoria where my brother lives and uh you know you get a dollar cocktail you know it's cool it's got its place in the world but we wanted to be you know the, the idea was we wanted to take the chef out of the kitchen and put it behind the bar yeah and we wanted to be able to have that flexibility to not be like here's a seven dollar and we needed to get past the two dot like the two number mark Mm-hmm. Because you know everything at that point it was you know nine, right? Eight, nine. You couldn't you couldn't push that threshold because yep. So we just blew it open. I remember my bar manager at the time was like, "Dude, no, was like make it nine, She's like and make it eight. You know, like, we were like going back and forth. I'm like, we just gotta make it ten. Mm-hmm. Like, like if we want to use you know if we want to use Luxardo in this, if we want to use uh, you know whatever the products were, sure. blanking yeah. right now. Yeah. Like, how much is that drink going to cost? I'm like, well, that one would probably be 11 That one be $9. i am like, so yeah. just average it out. Sure. You know, we'll lose a little on this one. We'll make a little more on that one. But as long as we're being ethical about it and we're not ripping people off, I mean, we're putting a lot of work into these. And that was really fun to mm-hmm. watch it, you know, because, I mean, people would be like, they'd sit down. When we first opened it, I was like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't get a drink for less than 10 bucks. Yeah. yeah. And it was, but we weren't there for everybody. Right. You know, we were fond of saying at the beginning, like, our, we're looking for half a percent, you know. We don't need everybody. You know, same with Brio. We used to always joke around. We need 1% of Rockford for Brio and half a percent for social just because of the size of mm-hmm. You know, trying to please everybody. Sure. You know, because you can't. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to be any good or if you try to please everybody. So my, I have a question. How, how did you learn the business side of the business? You learned, to, you learned how to cook from these various people. Did no. you take classes or how did you learn the business side of running a restaurant? Oh, I just, I think I just failed a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't, it was just kind of just one decision at a time, you know, and you just kind of figure it out. I mean, a lot of smart people are on me, a lot of really great staff. You have a bit of experience having come up through the kind of from the you know quote unquote the bottom yeah you know you've seen 
a lot yeah. having not participated it's one it's one thing to be in the thick of it and then trying to put together the lessons it's it's another thing maybe to be able to step back from it and see it happening in front of you yeah. and absorb that so that when you get into it you're like oh, okay now i know how this works yeah yeah but i mean yeah and so and so much of it was just literally just learn as you go yeah you know i mean i mean obviously and I look back, I was actually sorting through, kind of scrapping some old files in my computer um, just last night. And I, I was looking up some old catering menus that we used to have um, from 2007. And I was like, wow, that was kind of cool. Like, maybe we should do that again. Like, so I think it's just you've, always you've kind been, of an evolution. Like, you've been around long enough to be retro? Is that yeah, what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, but you look <laughs> at things you did and you're like, just, this is stupid. Let's change it. Yeah. And you change it. And then 10 years later, you're like, well, there was good things about that, and we just didn't execute it the right way, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, it's kind of cool to watch, you know, our company and our staff, you know, because you know when we started, I was the you know the head chef and the catering director and the, you know, I was seven roles, yeah. You know, now for some reason I'm 14, but I only do <laughs> technically one. But you know, it's like, but like we just go and learn things. We get really good at things, and then for some reason, if we get really good at one thing, then we start failing on another. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a constant, like, plugging the Swiss cheese holes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you make some strides and, you know. Yeah. What do you, what do you have planned uh, kind of on the horizon for yourself or for your businesses? Nothing. Yeah? We just opened Airbnb above uh, Brio. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that's been – so well, actually 10 years ago, bef between – I think it was between Brio and Crew, we opened Jackson's Urban Retreat. Yeah, yeah you've heard about that. I, absolutely. Yeah. So we opened that as an Airbnb yeah. before there was Airbnb. Before there was Airbnb. Yeah. Yeah. So it was our one little... Rent the space and then come down and drink for the night. And yeah, eat. I mean, we, we, yeah. we had contracts. We actually were registered as a you know hotel with the city. And you know it was a one-bedroom exclusive mm -hmm. you know loft. And uh, so we did it for a few years. And, and it was pretty cool. We had a lot of people that really liked it. But, you know, it, it was very challenging. It was... It would, you know, we had to do all the cleaning and we had to do the contract work and yeah. insurances and stuff through so, that for one. Yeah. Room. Yeah. So it was just, and then the building needed some repair, repair. We had to, to put a new roof on it. So we just kind of shut oh. her down for a while. Yeah. Um, and then just kind of watching Airbnb blow up around us. Um, talking with Sandy Cohen across the street. She's got two that are selling like hotcakes and just really getting a lot of advice from her. She's like, you know, yeah, man, it's, it's great. The market's mm -hmm. there. And so, so we we dumped a bunch of money into it this year and remodeled it and updated everything, put smart everything on it, you know, doorknobs and thermostats and just made it current and tech, you know, savvy so that it's convenient for business travel and yeah. people that are hanging out. So we just opened that uh, April 26th and it's been occupied every day since we opened. Wow. And so that's been kind of my little fun thing for the last couple of months, you know, a few months getting that going. Um but uh, I don't know. I never really think too far ahead. And you've got a lot of things going on. So just kind of sticking with what you've got and becoming yeah. an expert. In, and like you talk about, you you become very good at some things and then some things drop. And so then you shift your focus yeah. and be, you know, you kind of ebb and flow. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I guess I'm just opportunistic. Like if yeah. it seems like fun or, you know, because I don't, like I said, I didn't, I, don't, I didn't plan any of them, honestly. I mean, they just, you know, but if you think you could do it. Mm -hmm. You know, and, um, you know, it's, it's fun if you like it. You know, if you want to go there and eat or you want to be a part of it, then it's worth a try. So if you go to, you're going to New York and just going to go to 16 restaurants and 
You don't think you're just going to rip off one of the ideas, bring it back to Rockford, and start something else? <laughs> I might. I might. Okay. I think I want to do a food truck, though, because you know I want to be able to jam. You know, I'd still have a job. <laughs> that was you'd have the whole gamut at that point, yeah. except maybe a breakfast, unless you're going to do the, the food, food truck's going to happen just... someday. Okay, just because it's just yeah. I mean, for for nothing else, our catering business could use it anyways. Yeah. So. Um, it's, but again, it's one of those, like, whenever the, the time is right, the truck that's perfect shows up on, you know, yeah. a list somewhere or somebody's like, Hey, I got this truck I'm not using anymore. So you wait, you're going to wait for, you're going to wait for kind of all those signs and, and, uh, circumstances to align yeah. and then you're going to go, yeah, and it's fun yeah, and it resonates in my heart and soul. I'm going to do it. Yeah. I mean, I've got yeah. a stack of ideas and pinned all over my board at home yeah got a burger restaurant that i've had on my board for seven years i've got one i want to throw by you all right after the podcast though because i'm uh so i'm gonna hold something. it tightly to my chest i kind of it's actually I, super cool yeah i kind of think rockford is developing a nice little uh cachet restaurant oh, right t- totally it, so totally. let's just say when you're not eating at a paul sletton restaurant where do you go eat in rockford dude i love a lot of places around town i mean there's um i end up at shogun a lot of times just for some you know, for some rolls and, you know, some guilty pleasure food. I love a Rockford roll. Well, I think I'll always love a Rockford roll. I put just some oh, enough mayonnaise man, on the it. the Rockford roll is delicious. I, I was jo- I was joking with them. They should have the McChesney Park roll. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Woodfire's got the best pizza. Into, actually, on our, in our area between Deli Italia... Uh, and Woodfire, you got best of both worlds pizza, um, and and there's so much good pizza in town. It's kind of hard to go wrong. I mean, there's so many places that kill it. Um, I love going to Octane, getting just something casual, something cool. Um, Pat's always doing cool things down there. We had, um, we had Dan Minnick for a podcast, and it was, it was really talking about leading from behind. He's like, yeah. I just let those guys, I let the talent be the yeah. talent, yeah. and and people will go in a restaurant and not know, and he's sitting there, and nobody knows he's the yeah. owner. Yeah. yeah. He gave my kid his uh, first haircut. <laughs> got a great picture. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, well, Paul, it's uh, really a pleasure talking with you. I, I know that our listeners have been excited to hear uh, what you've been up to and how you got there and what you found works and what doesn't work. So thanks for being on our podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. 